Hey, this is Dave Pryor. Welcome to The Reluctant Agilist. Today I am here with my good friend, Andy Jordan, and we haven't spoken in like, before a few minutes ago, in like years, long time, a whole pandemic ago, at least. Yeah, it's been it's been awesome. And, and then, you know, it all went downhill a few minutes ago because we started talking again. <laughs> and we used to do this thing with an elderly gentleman. Um, it was sort of like PMI's PMO Lollapalooza. The three of us would travel around from city to city and entertain crowds that were in the tens of people that wanted to talk about different aspects of their PMO. Um, and we each had a different kind of viewpoint as to what we were talking about. Um, would you like to say hello to Mark since he's not here? I, yes. I, I, I'm sort of stunned into silence by the word gentleman. Um, but yes, we did it with Mark geezer. Bryce Perry, who is elderly geezer. Yeah, he's most certainly elderly, um, and he is now a uh, a writer of fiction. Um, some would argue that his PMO books were uh, were an art long act of fiction as well. Yes, no, yes. <laughs> All right. So before we get into our topic and your very volatile kind of thread that you created on LinkedIn, how would you explain what you do to these people? And I'm just going to tell you before he starts that whatever he says, imagine him wearing the finest shoes you can imagine. Because the man owns shoes. So. Yes. Well, you know, it, living on a Caribbean island, it's very important to own some very nice shoes. Um, <laughs> so what do I do? Um, as little as possible is the short answer. But um, I am, I guess, sort of focused in three areas right now. Um, project management offices, PMOs. I am a finalist um, and won't win because I said no to the invitation to go to the event, but I'm a finalist for uh, the global PMO influencer of the year uh, wow. this year. I know I, I feel humbled and, and all the things I'm supposed to say. Um, so I do that kind of stuff. Um, I do portfolio management, which until recently we always called project portfolio management. And now because of Ghana, we have to call strategic portfolio management. Um, <laughs> so sort of, you know, how to connect strategy and execution and actually get the benefits that you're supposed to get from doing all that stuff. Okay. Um, and then I sort of help organizations with the process of transforming from the way they've always done things to the way they always should have done things. Um, and I guess that sort of, you know, really led into um, my rant on uh, projectmanagement.com yeah. based on stuff I read on LinkedIn. All right. So the article, which I will have a link to in the show notes, is called Letting Go of Pure Agile. It is on projectmanagement.com, referencing something on LinkedIn. Um, what is the basic reason for this volatile so, piece of news that you dropped out there? Yes. So the what really started it was you know, I see a lot of stuff in my LinkedIn feed that I'm like, yeah, whatever, next. But there's a theme, there's a trend of these people who sort of get really worked up about something that most of us would think is completely irrelevant. And an increasing number of them seem to be agilistas. Um, so this particular one was along the lines, and I'm going to paraphrase slightly and probably remove some of the naughty words um, but or add some. Um, it was along the lines of, you know, can you believe that there are people out there who think Kanban is agile? So next time someone tells you Kanban is agile, you make sure you correct them and you let them know that Kanban isn't agile. And the response is, well, oh, my God, I can't believe people are that stupid. 
oh my God, the next thing they'll be saying is that lean is agile. How stupid are these people? And I'm just like, okay, well, I, I could I just want to point out that it's almost always the lean people that are looking down their nose at all the agile people. Yes, they've been agile for 50 years or 70 years now, right? Those lean people. Yeah. So, you know, they were agile before agile was the thing. Um, so, you know, I just thought I could either, you know, get on my high horse and tell these people where to go on LinkedIn, um, or I could not do that and actually write about it on projectmanagement.com where they might not see it and tell me off um, and where I get paid for my thoughts. So there I you thought, go. you know, e- easy response. And, and then, you know, more for me because I put it on projectmanagement.com, you saw it, and now I'm having to talk to you for an hour. <laughs> see, it's just, it pays dividends in many ways. It's not just financial. There's other ways of, of gaining wealth. Um, so I have a whole bunch of questions about this, and I don't really have um, a side that I want to fight for, but I'm going to speak for other people I know. So there are a lot of people I know, and they tend to be first or second gen agilists, who are incredibly frustrated by the fact that people that practice working this way are not familiar with the source material. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to tell a short story. I've told this story in other interviews before, but a parallel example. A number of years back, I go to a blues festival. John Lee Hooker's playing. Couldn't be more excited. Finally going to get to see John Lee Hooker. He's up there. He starts playing. I'm really into it. I listen to a lot of old blues. And some kid next to me goes, dude, that's a Zeppelin song. And I just left. I couldn't enjoy the music anymore because this guy had not done his research. right? And to me, yeah, great. Zeppelin brought blues to a lot of people, so did Clapton and a lot of other people. But I do think if you're into that kind of music, you have a responsibility to study the form. And I would, I can see the people making the same argument about Agile. If you're going to study Kanban or Kanban, um, you really should study Lean. You should learn about that and f- understand how those things fit together. Do you agree or disagree? 100% agree. Uh, okay. I, and I would go further and say, you know, if you're going to, claim to be a proponent of Agile, and especially if you're going to be looking to make some or all of your money from Agile, you should understand what happened in Utah in 2001 and and Mm -hmm. what the background of those people were. And, you know, yeah, they had a background in Scrum and XP and DSDM and Crystal and the rest, and there was no one there from Lean or or Karma. I get it. Um, I understand completely the frustration of the people who have put in the time, gained the experience, and are potentially losing out on business to the consultants who just, you know, live off Google or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't understand how and why things have happened, you are uh, at risk of doing bad things for your clients. Yeah. But at the same time, you've got to understand what the clients want and I'm not an agile methodology implementation person. I work at the executive level rather than the execution level. But I have never come across anybody who says, well, hang on, before we put this in place, was it represented at the manifesto (laughs) meetings? Yes. Because if it wasn't, I don't want to (laughs) know. Yeah, that doesn't really happen. And it works. So that was going to be my next question is, um, I don't have to know about John Lee Hooker or Sunhouse or any of those people to be able to play a Led Zeppelin song really well. Um, 
And I don't think that as a practitioner, that you have to be deeply schooled in the history to be able to use the tools that are available to you. And I would say the same thing in project management. I don't have to know where earned value came from to be able to understand how I can apply those tools in a practical way. Absolutely. I mean, and this isn't, and I actually put in the article, this is not a let's beat up on Agilistas um, piece. You know, there so are, let's beat up on the purists. Yeah, let's beat That's up on the purists for sure. I mean, the number of, of traditional waterfall, old school, wrong, whatever you want to call them, project management people <laughs> um, who still tell me that, you know, my project was super successful because I delivered on time, on scope, and on budget. And, you know, if I'm foolish enough to ask them whether or not the product they delivered actually was bought by anybody, they're like, that's not my problem. That's not Exactly. <laughs> you can deliver late and it can work or you can deliver it on time. Either way. Well, you know, if you're a purist, you deliver it on time, on scope, and on budget. If it doesn't work, that's not your problem. So in the... In you know, the article, you kind of go down the path aiming towards a hybrid thing. And I guess the thing I wanted to ask you about, I'm just curious as to what you see, because I see in my classes and in the, the clients that I work with, there are people that don't know the history, and it's not really a problem. Like they find valuable ways to implement stuff. There are also people who have this like sophomoric understanding of what they're doing who decide, yeah, we're going to do it, but we're not going to do this part, that part, and the other part, and we're going to call it nimble. And they're like, I'm going to get drunk and drive with one eye open um, in the middle of the night with no headlights on. And they think that that is agile. They'll call it agile. They'll tell people it's agile. And what makes me uncomfortable there is that sophomoric approach without understanding intention. I don't care about history. I do care about intention. Um, they're, they're spreading it to other people, which arguably just creates more work for us in the future. But it seems detrimental to a lot of people, I think, and organizations. Yeah, I think, I mean, agile and hybrid are the future um, simply because the world continues to accelerate. And if you live in a world that can only deliver work in a plan-driven project program structure, then you're not going to be around much longer because you won't be able to compete. So right. there has to be, regardless of what methodologies you want to use, you have to be small A, to use a horrible term, agile, or you have to embrace elements of both. But you don't get to make those decisions unless you understand how to do it properly, as far as I'm concerned. Okay. If you want to work in an organization or if a PMO wants to set up a, a process whereby instead of having a standardized approach, we have a framework, we have guidelines, we have guardrails, whatever, and within yeah. those guardrails there is freedom to operate, you need to understand not just what those guardrails are but why they are there. If you start massaging, changing, tailoring, to use a PMI word, the approach that you're using without understanding why all those elements are there, then it is like getting into the car you don't understand, you know, going, I'm going to press that button and then just put my foot to the floor and see what happens. Yeah. So, all right. So then I guess we're in agreement that it is on the shoulders of the practitioners to understand why a thing is in place, or at least before you go changing it, take the time to figure out why somebody put a thing there. Right. Um, and 
There's a couple different things I want to ask about, but I'm going to stay stay the course for one thing. You were just talking about agile and waterfall and hybrid and, and kind of where things are going in the future. I have kind of come around to the, I don't know if it's a hope or an opinion, but that 10 years from now, I'm hoping there will be practitioners of the craft that, that you and I participate in. They will be people who are knowledgeable and skillful in the use of traditional project management tools, agile tools, lean, whatever other things you want to bring to bear. And we will not be worried about whether it's agile or not. We will be worried about whether it's a skillful use of a technique or a practice or a tool that delivers value for a customer. Do you think that we're headed in that direction? I think we are. But okay. not necessarily because practitioners are taking us in that direction. Okay. When I talk to execs, they will be a lot clearer now that they really don't give a flying for do whether or not work is delivered as a project, a product, an epic program, or whatever. They don't care whether it's delivered with waterfall, agile, hybrid, ad hoc, or whatever. They just want to reduce time to value. They want to increase resource utilization and capacity. They want a better way to eliminate low value work or avoid it altogether. They want to be able to adapt and adjust with minimal disruption. And whatever it takes to do that is up to the experts who are focused on execution to make it happen. With that kind of mandate from execs, we're going to have to find the most appropriate way, which is inevitably going to be a, a number of different skills, techniques, tools, whatever, label them whatever you want, put together in a way that works for that unique project or product or epic right. or whatever by skilled practitioners who understand the full gamut of, of techniques and approaches available to them. Okay. So do you think these people need to be like go down a cert. If, if I'm somebody who's kind of coming up in the field right now, does that mean I need to chase down certification paths? Can I just study this stuff on my own? Do I need to go read the source material or just figure out why uh, Daily Scrum is only 15 minutes long? I don't think that certifications are ever a bad idea, but recognize the limitations of certifications. Okay. No. PMI. The only certification that an employer cares about is the PMP, mm -hmm. right? We can argue whether that's right or wrong, but, you know, there's like under 2,000 portfolio management professionals. There's under six or 7,000 program management professionals. There's one point something million PMPs because that's what the employees pay for and care about. Yeah. That's a knowledge certification. So if you want to pursue that, that's fine. It'll give you a lot of theory but it won't help you to manage a project. Mm, You'll still well be expected okay. to learn EVM calculations and do them manually, yeah. you know, even though nobody on the planet anymore Whatever does manually do EVM calculations. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I don't know enough about the various Agile certifications to know if they're better or not, but I wouldn't put people off from pursuing certifications, but I think the process of learning enough to be able to take a certification is yeah. more important. Um, okay. It's more than just the mechanics. It's the why as well as the how. So that is something that's going to be, I mean, there's a lot of people that get certifications 
the, the way somebody explained it to me was not having the cert may not do anything, but having the cert might keep you from getting blocked for a job interview. Like if, mm-hmm. if you if PMP, CSM, like whatever one you have, if they think they need that, you need that as like table stakes. If you don't have it, you're not going to get a foot in the door. I like that you said it's knowledge based and doesn't do anything to validate skill. I'm wondering if you see two, two job related questions. Do you see an increase in people who are approaching this field as a career path and a craft? I mean, I think you and I, Mark, a lot of the people that we know geek out on this stuff and you look at it like, yeah, it's my job, but it's also, I'm a student of it. I want to keep learning about it and growing with it and things like that. But there's also people that just want a job and they just want to go home. Do Do you think that that, does it place more demand on them? Do they have to be studying that stuff to be competitive in the future? I think that increasingly project management is a career. I almost said vocation, but I'm not that arrogant. Um, okay. But it's a career rather than a job. I think that the once the hard skills are in place, and yes, you do need to learn them and, and you need to learn both sides of the shop, the agile side and the traditional shop, because increasingly you're going to have to operate in a hybrid manner. And if you don't understand both, you can't do that. Yeah. But once you've learned that, which is probably within the first three to five years of a career, yes, it evolves and changes, but that's easy to keep up with. But at that point, it becomes a leadership job. It becomes a soft skills driven yeah. team building motivation empowering you know that kind of yeah. stuff right and i don't think you can do that long term unless you at least have some desire to be a leader of people to help grow people to develop them if it's just a job sooner or later the team's going to figure out it's just a job and they're not yeah. going to support you right and yeah. and you may want to continue being a pm but you won't get the opportunity to um, at the moment, it helps that there's a shortage of project professionals, and therefore, in most major global markets, it's reasonably well paid and, and has reason, reasonable job security. Yeah. Um, that will change over time, but I think I think increasingly it is becoming a career, not a job. I, I like that you said um, you have to want to be a, a leader of people. I think, I guess, for me, I look at it more like a student of people. Um, I mean, I guess I think either one's fine. I am not somebody who feels called to be leading others, but I like being with others and watching them and figuring out what's going on socially with the group and, and how can I tilt things one way or another to get a certain outcome to happen. Um, I think but that, you do lead people, right? Yeah, I, I mean, know. It's just not like, I'm the leader. It's not that kind of leader. No, but good leaders are not the ones who say they're the leaders, right? That's true. Right? I mean, I mean, I'm not American, so I will happily wade into American politics and say no one will tell you how wonderful they are more than Donald Trump. You know, at least half uh, the country son. doesn't think he's that wonderful. I think his son wonderful. might throw down pretty hard on that <laughs> one too. Yeah, yeah, all right, yeah, that's fair. But you know, like father, like son. Yeah. But um, it's servant leadership, the the agile approach to to being a leader within the team. Mm-hmm. is just as important and I would argue more important as we move forward to autonomy and, and empowering teams to, to do their best in a way that they feel most able. 
okay. is, is more important than the, the general standing at the front or more often the back going this way, that way, you know, yeah. whichever. Um, it's, Influence. I, I would argue almost that agile leadership, servant leadership is, is more modern than a traditional okay. leadership style. All right. That's pretty cool. Um, okay. I want to ask you one more job related question and then I'll circle back to the main topic. Over the past year, there have been a lot of layoffs in the agile space. A lot of coaches, scrum masters, massive companies just jettisoning the whole thing. And they're replacing them with a job called technical program manager, which I'm going to, what, what, from what I've researched on this, I, I'm going to share. I want to hear what your opinion on it is. Uh, if you don't agree with it, awesome. I want to know if you think it's possible. But from what I've seen, that job requires a significant amount of experience uh, running a PMO, a significant amount of experience leading an agile transformation, a significant amount of experience being a software developer, uh, and a significant amount of experience in design thinking and product management, which I would argue nobody has all that. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're seeing for this job? I mean, is that the job people are looking for, companies are looking for, the role they're trying to fill now? And if so, like, what do you, how do you see them handling that? Because nobody's got all that stuff. No, nobody's got all that stuff. And frankly, um, most of the people who have a lot of experience and time leading PMOs, I wouldn't trust with, you know, a broken stick. Um, you know, it, it's... At the same that they're doing that, PMOs are being told that they need to reinvent themselves as value management offices or you know, strategy transformation offices, offices or yeah. Yeah, you know whatever it might be. Um, I think that I think there's two things going on. I think that the the reduction in coaches, scrum masters, what have you, is partly because of the economic uncertainty, but partly because more organisations are going well. We've been doing this agile thing for a while now. We know how to execute. We don't need all these people to tell us how to do it properly, which, you know, yes. But they've been doing it so very badly. Yes, but if you're an executive and you see that your agile projects are delivering at least as well as your non-agile projects, you think, wow, we're really good at agile. You don't think, wow, we suck slightly less than we do at traditional. Um, (laughs) It's true. Yeah. You know, and they also don't think that what they might be delivering has got absolutely no relevance to the future success of the business. And they're um, not pursuing agility. They're pursu- agile is a means to an end for them. It's not like the, the goal. Right. Yeah. The, at the same time, organizations are looking to become, is that horrible phrase again, small A agile. Right? They're looking at a strategic level, not necessarily to, you know, swallow safe in one fell swoop because, you know, Cuddle in badly, yeah. um, but they're looking to streamline how they plan, how they integrate their you know plans and delivery, how they transition from execution to operations and benefits, and they're looking for somebody to help them achieve that. Which I think is a lot of the driver of you know I wouldn't call it a technical program manager, but I understand why they're doing that. I think it needs to be elevated more to a strategy execution role, and you know not necessarily a chief strategy officer, but a function within there who is looking after that overall 
investment delivery piece, and not just from an agile standpoint, but across all of it. Um, so you're saying it, instead of a technical program manager, this person should also understand strategic delivery. I think somebody who is overseeing it should. I don't think that's a replacement for scrum masters or coaches or anything else. Neither do I think that any of that stuff can be replaced by AI, which someone will come along and say, you know, can be done pretty soon. Um, yeah. I think that organizations in less time than they think are going to realize the cost of getting rid of scrum masters and coaches and product owners and what have you um, is significantly more than the cost saving. Okay, so it'll snap back. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so we started out with one topic about whether or not pure agile matter, and, I'm, and I get that from your perspective, it does not matter, but you do have to understand the intention behind the thing. And I'm assuming you would agree that any organization that's pursuing Agile has to first figure out why. Right. I, I mean, if you're pursuing Agile, Scrum, DSDM, XP, whatever, because somebody told you at the country club that it was a really good idea, then, you know, it's not a really good idea. Um, you have to be able to tie what you're doing to why you're doing it at an organizational yeah. level, right? And if you're not doing it to try and improve some or one or more elements of discretionary delivery, then you're pursuing it for the wrong reason. It's like an agile transformation. You know, don't do an agile transformation because you want to become more agile. Do an cool. agile transformation yeah. because you want to improve the business. I think it's, I was going to say when you started talking, it's almost like you walk into a pharmacy and you're like, just give me drugs without knowing what drugs you need or why. And then you said the thing about the country club and I was realizing, oh yeah, I'm sure there are lots of people that hear about drug X at the country club and go right to the pharmacy. Like, give me a bottle of that one Yep. Um, without understanding why or what the ramifications are going to be. Okay. Can I ask you one more question before we go? That totally. was a question. Well, I know. See, I'm going to get into trouble when I talk to Annie because he's very precise with his language. And I am from Philadelphia. Um, you you make a, a lot part of your living as a writer. You do a lot of writing. And um, I haven't had a podcast in months where we haven't ended up in the conversation of AI. And you just brought it up. So I'm curious to hear from a writer's perspective, how is AI currently affecting or your work is it is it aiding in your work do you find that it doesn't it's just too immature at this point for you to really be able to use it for anything um what are your thoughts on it it's interesting i wrote another article for projectmanagement.com um that was published i don't know month six weeks ago that um was specifically uh two three paragraphs written by ChatGPT. I asked ChatGPT to write a brief article um, that would be uh, in the style of Andy Jordan on the subject of AI in project management. Um, personally, I didn't it's think it was my style. You know, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I didn't think it was particularly my style, but you know, it wasn't particularly brief, so it had that going for it. Um, <laughs> but some of the comments that I received on the article suggested that, oh, my God, they didn't know I hadn't written it. So I guess it didn't do too bad a job. Um, well, or they think you're really lame. 
Yeah, because that's the thing. It was really <laughs> lame, right? It was it was generic. It was bland. Yeah. It had no perspective. Um, am I worried? No. I mean, look, I just turned 52. I don't know how many more years I'm going to be doing this, but I'm old. Um, and I'm older than you. Well, yeah, just. Um, yeah, just. But it's... <sighs> It's something that is coming and it's something that I think creates opportunity. PMI has already seized the opportunity and published a, a research report on AI and project management. So and, they, and they have a course whatever. on it you can take too. Yes. Um, I think that I think I'm okay. For the rest of my career, no one's going to replace me with a computer. Will there be a time when the type of content I produce right now can be produced by AI? Yes. But it's probably at least a decade away, um, okay. and I don't feel threatened by it. I wouldn't feel threatened by it even if I was a decade younger, simply because I think it's an opportunity to morph into different kind of content. Um, using a sl- sort of parallel example, I started my teaching career teaching three-day courses on project management. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants a three-day course on project management now. Not anymore. But they're lapping up my LinkedIn learning courses, which are, you know, 23, three-and-a-half-minute videos, mm-hmm. you know, that get a point across and fairly small, fairly self-contained. That's how people want to learn now. We're going to morph from 1,500-word articles to more, you know, I don't know, punchy, specific. Snippety. yeah. Yeah, and... Potentially, as a good thing for me, uh, controversial. Okay, you know, it's it's going to be less bland content, more interesting content. I don't want somebody to give me a five star rating and move on. I want somebody to agree or disagree, but talk about it. And okay. AI can't do that. Yet. See, I'm wondering how much technology and social media have changed our brains because I, I agree with you, and I think people don't have the attention span for a three or like I teach a five day PMP course, nobody's going to be able to do that. They all want everything in these short little punchy TikTok sized videos. But what does that say about our ability to stay focused and locked in on something for a long period of time? And I wonder, I guess I, maybe I'm like old man on a porch waving his cane, but I worry about generations of people whose attention span is so short. They can't stand like a 10 minute, Thing. You've taught three, four, five-day courses. I've taught three, four, five-day courses. I've attended three, four, five-day courses. The attention span was never there. We just ignored oh, that and taught five-day yeah. courses. <laughs> I guess, it, yeah, you're right. So maybe then we're getting smarter. Maybe I really am just the cranky old man, and I need to acknowledge the fact that the delivery mechanism is becoming more um, intentional. I think we're just getting better at aligning what we deliver with what people want. And, I mean, when you and I started our careers, no one was particularly interested in what people wanted, right? This right. is what you're getting. Yeah. This is how we do it here. I have right? the requirements. It, this is how they work, yeah. Right. Mary Frederick Taylor. Now, you know, maybe in small part, maybe in large part, but certainly in part due to Agile, Many areas of our world are giving us a recognition to say, hey, let's find out what people actually want. Yeah. And yes, 
technology and social media is part of that as well because you know it's giving a voice to the people who don't have a filter and going you never mind this bs this is what i want um but we're getting better at recognizing that just delivering what we want to deliver is not the way to succeed yeah cool um i appreciate you one it's really great to reconnect with you and i appreciate you making time for this um Hey, I enjoyed it. It's it's nice to speak to you at least once every three or four years. <laughs> um, if people want to want to get in touch with you, I don't know why they would. But let's no. say somebody wants to have a nice long debate about Dragon Force. Um, how do they how do they connect with you? I'd like to point out I'm wearing an Apocalyptica T-shirt, and that is cello <laughs> metal. Okay, so you can't tell, but beyond behind the accent and the very fancy shoes. Andy's really into guitar and really into fast. How would you describe the music you listen to? It's many genres of heavy metal. I mean, more clean vocals than some of the death stuff. Yeah, that's a bit, (laughs) it's tough to write to that. But, you know, power metal, speed metal, thrash metal, you know, traditional heavy metal, nawabum for those people who are real geeks. All right. So if they want to talk to you about that, whatever that word meant, yes. um, or or about project management or where it's going, um, what's the best way for them to track you down? So by all means, follow me on LinkedIn. Um, it's easy enough to find me there. Um, and feel free to take some of my courses while you're there because I really, really appreciate it and I have bills to pay. Um, connect with me on projectmanagement.com. He's always um, hustling. And- yeah, well, you know, it's... <laughs> I just found out you weren't paying me for this. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, LinkedIn, LinkedIn. I mean, I do have a website, but, you know, it really is just going to push you at LinkedIn anyway. So, um, okay. you know, go to LinkedIn and follow me there. Connect with me on projectmanagement.com. Um, you know, the, uh, the projectmanagement.com profile has my email address there. So you're welcome to connect with me and uh, and send me nasty messages or tell me the Dragon Force sucks. Or the Dragon Force does awesome suck. Or whatever. All right. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. This is, hey, this it's is my fun. pleasure. We must do this again. <laughs> I will try and write something that is likely to aggravate and annoy Agilistas more often so we can connect. And, and maybe we can get old man Perry out of his cave and he can join us as well. Yeah, good luck. You'd have to ask his wife whether he's allowed to. Oh. Damn. All right. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, that would be cool if we could do another one. Maybe we could revisit the topics we did the sessions on for, for Garrett a while back. That might be kind of cool to see how they've evolved. Yeah, I mean, look, we'd still be doing them if, if a certain organization that, you know, rhymes with PMI didn't decide to destroy tour. them. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate it, honestly. If you learn to work the old way, but the new way is what you need.